You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce, alongside of my co-host Reagan and Schmitty. I feel like it's been a while since we've done the podcast. We've been doing a lot of the live streams, which we've been having fun with. But uh, it's nice to just to do a podcast and sit down and recap what's happened. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into this. So the Tampa Bay Lightning have won their tenth straight playoff series. The first team since the 1980s New York Islanders to win more than 10 playoff series. Well, 10 series. Playoff series and more. Pittsburgh, I think, won nine straight when they won the back-to-back cups because they got lame in the second round. But, yeah, Tampa Bay, they're still they're still going strong. And, uh, man, like, it's so funny. Toronto took them to game seven, and they looked very much beatable. What was it that your brother said, Schmitty, that <laughs> Vasilevsky looks beatable this year or whatever? Yep. And if there's one thing you don't do is doubt Andre Vasilevsky in the clutch. I think they showed a stat in his, I don't know how many of the last elimination games, but he, I think the Lightning have outscored their opponent 24 to 1. And I saw someone uh, post jokingly, they were like the Leafs, and it's the CM Punk thing, or it's like, I am the one in 20 and 1. And it's just like, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky really is just locked in. And it, we, we kind of joked about it in the first round, like, oh, he looks a little shaky. We'll see what happens. But, like, I think this uh, second round we've really seen the goalies, the, be- the, the better goalies seem to lock in and find that second gear, especially uh, him and Shesterkin in particular. And um, it's their sixth conference final in eight years. They're, they're putting up Blackhawks numbers right now. It's um, – you can't help but just, like, respect what they're doing. Like, we're not going to see this again in the cap era, I don't think. Like, God damn it, I hate you, but damn it, I respect you. Exactly. And they're doing they they swept the president's trophies winners, held them to three goals in four games. Gee, when has oh. that happened before? Am I right? <laughs> no. Definitely hasn't happened before to no, a team never. we like. No, 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 no. But they did that all without Braden Point. Whole series without Braden Point. And, and guess what? They're gonna get like a week of rest to yep. get all healthy again. And they didn't skip a beat. It's just it's it, Hats off to them. It's just super impressive. Honestly. They've gotten better as the playoffs have gone on. Oh, 100%. And Florida choked under the pressure every chance they got because Tampa just played that suffocating defensive style that they kind of picked up on in the last couple of years, and they've been winning series. And when they get that first goal, it's just like it feels like a mountain to climb to get back in the game. It's it's not like that with a lot of teams. So I give them a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you beat this team in a seven-game series. I don't. Can't can't get can't get a bet. Blah, can't bet against them at all. Like I, I think we've said this all year, Shmi. Like unless, until I see them lose, like picking them, I'm, I'm never gonna bet against them. Yep. And, and it, Florida, they they went all in. Like they won their first playoff series since 1996, but they still have not won a game past the first round. You traded your 2022 first round pick for Sam Reinhart, which, in like retrospect, that's a great trade. They're gonna have Reinhart for a while, but then you look at the trade deadline moves they made, spe- specifically this one: a 2023 first for Ben Chirot, and then a 2024 first round pick for Claude Drew. So they went all in. 
and uh, they they didn't win. Like they didn't they didn't even it wasn't even a close series really. Like they didn't even like push it to a at least a game six and make it a close series like they did last year. But no, they just they just got utterly dominated. Like Battle of Florida, it really wasn't even a battle. <laughs> it, it honestly remind like it reminded me of um, almost like that Stanley Cup final against Montreal last year because after that last second loss in game two. This series just looked it was over from there. Like they, mm-hmm. they sucked the life out of Florida losing that game. On the going then you had to go to Tampa down two oh. It's just a tall task. Yeah, good to luck. Ask a On a back to back too. Like <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, they gave up all those picks and prospects. They don't have any first round picks for the next two years. Not they, until twenty twenty five. Crazy. Not a real year. <laughs> Not a real year. But they just I feel like you have a lot of decisions to make. Like Barkov's new extensions kicking in. I'm pretty sure Verhage's is kicking in. Uh, you gotta. Which is like good extension. Like they only got him at like I think a little over three. I could be wrong. You know what? Four point one two five, I believe. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> you got Huberto, who's in the last year of his deal. He's gonna want to get paid. Like you got a lot of guys who need to get paid on this team, and you got a lot of guys who are locked up to where you could make it another run at this or two. But the cap's just going to keep getting tighter every year, and you can't squander years like this. Like, the fact that a team that had never been shut out the entire regular season, their first shutout the whole season, came in game four when they lose their their last game of the season. It's tough. And just like last year, their shutout in the game that Tampa, Tampa clinches the series, and for the second year in a row, Pat Maroon with the clinching goal against Florida. Pat- By the way... 14 straight playoff series wins for Pat Maroon. He's creating his own dynasty. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I man, like remember, I think it was game four. They scratched uh, Anthony DeClaire, who got 30 goals in the regular season. And I, I, I t- you're having trouble scoring goals. Why would you sc- t- scratch one of your best goal scorers? And I saw people say, well, he hasn't been having a great playoffs. I'm like, is getting Joe Thornton in the lineup really going to help that? And it didn't. So, and I was like watching the, like the, the, what, what's it called? Like the locker room cleanout or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think when they, they asked Bill Zito, like, is, is Andrew Burnett going to be back as head coach? He didn't like say, you know, Brunett, Andrew Burnett's our guy. We're going to go forward with him, kind of like other teams said, like, we believe in this team. Like, he just said, we'll have to see. I, I, like, I don't have the exact words verbatim, but it basically, like, there's no guarantee that Andrew Burnett's going to be back there next year. And this is a guy that's a, a finalist for the, the Jack Adams. And what's what's the thing about the Jack Adams? You win one and you're out in, like, four years. Like, <laughs> you might be out this year. I don't, I don't know if they get rid of him, but, like, it's definitely not a lock that they do keep uh, Andrew Burnett. So... Yeah, Florida. They looking at their their uh, cap friendly here. Um, Claude Giroux at UFA. He said he would like to stay in Florida if he can make the money work. But uh, it's, it's not like they really have any big name uh, UFAs coming up. But uh, the next year is when you got to start worrying because Jonathan Huberto is going to want a massive extension. Same with Mackenzie Weger, who was not good these playoffs, and it looks like uh, no, it looks like it's it. But yeah. Still got for Haggy for four point one six. He still got Anthony Declare for another two years, but yeah, t- tough, tough loss for the Panthers. Can't stress that enough. <clears throat> um, Reagan, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but <laughs> not really. You guys know this. I think I said it on one of the streams. Like the first like playoff hockey game I got to watch this year was the first game of Battle of Alberta. So oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't get to watch any of that series, but I will say I was expecting a lot more out of Florida. I'm pretty sure in one of my brackets I had them losing the Stanley Cup. So I'm pretty sure I did too. I I don't remember what my bracket is now. I'm pretty sure I had Calgary and Florida in the final, and that's not oh, looking that, too good right now. <laughs> because I had the Panthers losing to the Wild, so <laughs> it's tough, but it's it's fine. I just was expecting a lot more out of them, and it just didn't happen. I think, I think we all were like, yeah. It's like, not inconceivable they lost to Tampa Bay. Like, again, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. But just the way they played against Washington, yeah. really, Washington handed the series to them. They were down 2-1 to them. <laughs> there was, like, Garnet Hathaway 
emptying it away from it being 3-1. And if it was 3-1, I don't think they come back. And they were down 3 nothing in game five, too. It's just they never really looked that dominant. And then they just – they actually faced a good team in Tampa and they're out in four straight. Yeah, it leaves more questions than answers. And it, I, I honestly think I, – I know I circle back to this a couple times, but I just don't think their back end's built for the playoff hockey. And when you're leaning on guys like Gustav Forsling and Mackenzie Weger, who are fine players, but they just – like this is two years in the playoffs now. Mackenzie Weger has not been able to defend No, it's like level. he's a completely right. different player once playoffs hits. Like he's great in the regular season, but like he just had so many brain farts and dumb penalties. Yeah. Came up a first revenge Sherratt, which was <sighs> still hilarious. First you probably could have had Calvin DeHaan for fourth and did the same. <laughs> if yep. Could have just started Lucas Carlson if you just wanted to go with that route. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of change with that team. Obviously, they have pieces that could lead to change. But it, they they really squandered this season. Like You can't stress that enough. This was the year they had to win. You're not going to get a team this deep. Again, you're probably not going to get everyone back again. And let's be honest, this is probably the last year you're going to have a tandem in net like that because either Knight's going to – trying to move Bobrovsky. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to do that, but (laughs) – Everyone's trying to move an $11 million player. Yeah, that will always go so well. Look at how it worked for Eichel. Like, um, I just don't see a world where Bobrovsky gets moved. Like, I just don't – I don't know a team that could – even afford that, honestly. I was like thinking the blacks. I'm like Blackhawks. I'm like just take back, like. Oh, God. But like, what do you get for sweeteners? You already trade all their first round picks. Maxime Mammon. Maxime Mammon. And we got Lucas Carlson back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but it like it's just there's gonna be there's gonna be more change in Florida than I think we expect this off season, just because of their cap situation. Like they have, they're bringing in thirteen million dollars alone or no almost 10 million dollars in extra salary off of extensions this year and that's not nothing so and like they like like they can go like they can win a cup next year like it wouldn't surprise me if they come back and have another another deep playoff run but you traded all these prospects you traded all these first round picks how are you gonna load up this team again if you want to you know like that's what that's what i'm interested to see yeah like you you're gonna really either run the cover dry or it's just I don't even – you can't really buy. You have to kind of just stick with what you have or you have to make hockey trades, which, like, obviously can't be done with a team a like that. old-fashioned hockey trade. Exactly. But, like, this isn't a team that's going to be in the free agent market anymore, I don't think. Like, unless they make very big salary moves, I don't see that happening. So, we'll see, though. Like, they're, they're still clearly built to be – a top three team in the division next year. That's oh, not yeah, the definitely. question. It won't, it won't surprise me at all if they come back and like win another President's Trophy. Just Which, by you... the way, the last President's Trophy winning team to win a cup, Chicago in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shut up. Don't <laughs> no, nah, but they'll be fine. <laughs> so, let's get on to the next series here. The Colorado Avalanche can eliminate the St. Louis Blues tonight. As a matter of fact, I think the game starts in like half an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to get through this so we can watch the game. And the, the big storyline coming out of the series is the whole Nazem Kadri end of things. And by the way, if like you said any of that, that sent any of those like threats or racist shit to, to Nazem Kadri's wife, I really hope you lose your job. And if you go to school, I hope you lose just your schooling. Like, and that's that's probably being as nice as I can. Like, scum right. of the earth. Exactly. Yeah. God. Just watching watching his post game interviews where he's like, "I gotta pretend like it doesn't hurt, but it really does." Like, damn it, man. Like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm rooting for Nazim Kadri so hard, man. Like, it, you obviously never want to see this shit happen, but just the fact he came back and scored a hat trick in that in that game. Jordan Bennington in the press box after throwing the water, but like also fuck Jordan Bennington. Like fuck David Perron. Like this this whole so team. glad on it no, I don't mean to cut you off, but like I'm so fucking glad we shut down the Jordan Bennington redemption arc that quick. And it wasn't even because Kadri was being a shithead. It's because Callie Rosen redirected him into it. It's like, a fun. It, 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 no one was being malicious on that play. It was just no. like unfortunate hockey. But shit happens. We're talking about being malicious. Go look at David fucking Perron the last two years. Yeah. Holy shit, man! 
Like, what are you doing? Like, it's just Bush League shit that St. Louis has done the last two games. Like, play a hockey game to win. Don't play a hockey game with intent to injure. Like, that's not – I don't know, man. It's just not the way you go about that. And I'm just – it makes me very happy that Kadri's being the bigger man this postseason because he's such a good yeah. playoff performer. And he showed it again the last two games. Like, Well, I talk about a redemption arc, Nazem Kadri. Like, yeah, and you want to talk about making more and more money every freaking goal? Like, dude's just – Blank check wherever he goes. He's getting like nine mil this offseason at this rate. Like, and he deserves every freaking penny at this rate. Like, like you said, like, I, th- I feel like we're all rooting for Nazem Kadri right now. Mm-hmm. Just great story. And Colorado's one game getting over the hump finally. So, yeah, we'll see if that can, we'll see if they can put that deep in the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I chose St. Louis to win. It was more just from the, the point, like, Colorado hasn't gone through, but like, Colorado's dominating from the most part. Like that, uh, that first game, like Biddington held the minute, but then since he's been injured, like I saw, I think I saw that Vili Husso, who had a great regular season, but it was taken over by Biddington, had never played a game against Colorado in the regular season, and then they oh. lose that game, and then they lose game four. I just don't see a, a scenario where St. Louis comes back into it. Maybe they won a game, but I don't know. I, I think Colorado's got this. I think him not having any, like, Time to like get used to like Colorado in the regular season really really hurts them because Colorado is just a different beast. Yeah, but they're built like that. And like you said, it's nothing against St. Louis because like they they built a very good forward core. They built a very solid defense. Like they like Tor- Tori Krug is out. That 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 really hurts them. Yeah. And can't as much as they hate Jordan Bennington. Like he was playing well, but also it's. Something. You're not going to get a bunch out of Nick Letty in a top four role. Let's no. just put it that way. Like, what? No. Tori Krug on losing Tori Krug on the left side is like losing Pareko on the right side for that team. It's just yeah. irreplaceable almost. Especially with what he does in the power play and what he does just in all assets of the game. Like, it's tough. And, like, I, it's crazy because, like, the Blues were getting that depth scoring in round one. But this yeah. second round, it's been, like, Perron, Kairou, and O'Reilly, I feel like. That's all I feel like who's producing the offense. Like, yeah, Saad's getting an empty netter here and there, but. <laughs> Listen, I give, no. I give the Blues a lot of credit because I didn't see them getting out of the first round against Minnesota, and they clearly proved me wrong. I think most people were thinking they'd be done in the first round, but I just don't think they can fight back against Colorado, especially being down 3-1. Yeah. Like, I just, especially without Bennington, I just don't see it, see it happening. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I I agree, Reagan. Like, if Bennington was playing, it may be a different story. But like, if Huso and whoever their backup option is, if Huso's not going, uh, Charlie Lindgren. <sighs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's a tall ask. Like, I don't. I if they have Bennington, I see them putting up a fight. I just can't see it happening. He's out for the rest of the series, so it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, especially since I literally like didn't know who their backup was until Bennington got hurt. Yeah. Like, he can go cry and delete his tweets in the press box again. <laughs> <laughs> it took him that long to delete his tweets. Some of those tweets are like over 10 years old. Oh, loser behavior. Absolutely. Everyone has the proof. So they're still out there. Everyone knows. Like, it's crazy how that works. Oh, man. Live in internet infamy. Yeah, and um, like also the Blues coaching staff defending him in the previous interviews and stuff. Uh, Greg Berube, no, I, I think we talked about it on the live stream, but this is also a guy that called a black person a monkey. So, yeah, um, reputation reputation speaks for itself. What yeah. call it? Like terrible. Yeah. Also, another underrated redemption arc. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know if it's so much a redemption arc. Bowen Byram, that guy. Had concussion issues this season. I think la- the last season before, I read a story on the Athletic that he j- it, like it was just really really tough for him. And the fact he's back, playing meaningful minutes for the Colorado Avalanche, getting assists, getting in and on the play, I think that's awesome. And with Samuel Girard being out, he's going to get bigger minutes. And but you know what, Colorado is deep enough that they can, I think, can withstand that definitely. Oh no, we gotta play. I think they play Jack Johnson, but I think they have Ryan Murray injured. Or 
I don't know if he's injured or scratched, but like, oh no, we gotta play Bow and Fire more minutes. Oh no, whatever will we do? I think they saw. I saw they scratched Andre Burakovsky, and then they, they just brought oh, in Alex. No, Newhook. we oh, only no. have to bring in Alex Newhook. Yeah. No, we might have to move up Arturi Lekkinen into the third line. Oh no, <laughs> Arturi Lekkinen. I have no sympathy for when they lose guys. I'm sorry. Like Gerard went down. Cool. Byram gets to play second pairing minutes, like we just said. Like Arturi Lekkinen, that guy is a, he's a he's a playoff guy. You know how to get a performer. Yeah, he so, sent that. That's I, it's so weird to me that the Habs made the final. Like he, he got the goal that sent the Habs to the fever final. Dream. <laughs> fever dream, fever dream, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, it's like going back to like the Kadri redemption arc because I meant to say it and then I laughed and I thought. I just feel so I'm just so happy for him because like he went from like playing in Toronto, getting suspended what two years straight? Three? It was three years. Wasn't it three years straight? Because he got suspended well, in Colorado with, too. Uh, with Colorado. I think he got suspended in 2020, but it was like 2021. Three, three and four, four is still fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, something right. like that. And it would always be something like dumb, like a hit that was like questionable, I guess. And now he's just like tearing it up out there. He's, he's winning everyone over and also yeah. pissing off St. Louis Blues fans. I love it. Yeah. And also owning the racists, which is even better. I love Kadri. Yeah. And the big thing why Colorado hasn't been able to get out over the hump because they haven't had that secondary goal scoring. Like Nathan McKinnon, Gail McCarr, these top, Mako Ranton, these top guys don't have to do it all. You got Nazem Kadri now. You got Arturi Lekkinen that's getting goals. You got. Uh, like another guy that just stepped in into the lineup. Oh no, we gotta play Logan O'Connor now, and he like gets it. Scores like Colorado is just and Kemper's holding his own. Like, and if, if he they, doesn't, they'll just throw in Francois and he'll do just fine. So. If there's a team that could be Col- uh, Tampa Bay, it's Colorado. The only team that's gonna beat Colorado is themselves. Like, I feel like that's been very clear over the last couple of years in terms of how that team performs and how that team could live up and live down to the expectation in the matter of a game. Like, that's why I'm curious to see if they're going to wrap this up in five or they're going to drag this out a couple games. Cause... What do we call it? Step on through with those yep. spiky boots. Just keep your foot on the gas, like lead foot. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. It's not I, it's over, but you gotta keep pushing through. Speaking of keeping, keeping your foot on the gas, we need to talk about good old battle Alberta. Oh, Bob. Battle of Burr. I'm so mad I fell asleep last night. <laughs> I'm so angry. Like, I was literally, I couldn't keep my eyes open. Like, I, I gotta hop off and go to bed. And I'm so freaking mad. Oh, if you saw that goal, that would have kept your eyes wide open for the whole time because yeah. I was just in utter shock when I saw that. Mike Smith, Mike, it's not Mike Smith and goal scored, it was Rasmus Anderson. But the reaction, our reaction to that goal was, was, incredible because on we've been like i mentioned earlier we've been doing the streams of the battle of alberta which we've been having so much fun doing um and we're all on like different uh parts of the game like so i think i'm the, always yeah. the furthest one ahead because i watched on sports net and i saw it i'm like no way <laughs> and then like you see Shree, like, what happened uh? and then jacob's like no and it's like all like five five to ten seconds apart it's just it's awesome. terrible i saw it on twitter this morning and i'm like how how does that even happen? There's no excuse for that. Like it, and it was funny because Pierce. I remember like when they got the third goal and make a three nothing. I was just like, "Well, most dangerously in hockey," and everyone's like, "No, they'll be fine." And I'm like, "Yeah, but Mike Smith's look at their goal." Yeah, no, literally, we were like, "Man, yeah, it'll be fine." And you were like, "Nope," and we're like, "Mike Smith," and then and it's gone. Hey, but Nuge got it done, and now the Oilers took care of advantage on home ice. Got a three-one series lead after losing one. Like, how many goals have they let up in the last three games? Have they let up nine in the last three compared to the nine they let up in game one? Like, jeez, it's just such a it's it's such a crazy turnaround from Edmonton, considering just how they came out in game one, how they almost came out in game four and almost blew that. Like it, it's a real testament to how this team is. almost like building off of what McDavid's building off on the ice. Because McDavid's unstoppable right now. There's no way around Yeah, it. what is it, 25 points in 11 games? He's got eight straight like, multi-point playoff games. The only guy who's got more is Gretzky. <laughs> just nine, that I think. chestnut. 
Yeah, that guy. And, and also, then... Drysdale just like silently behind him, 22 points in 11 games. Oh, a casual two Hurt. points in game average. Yeah, Hurts can't even move barely, and he's still dominating every time he's out on the ice. And I think I saw he's the first player in NHL history to get three, I think it was, I forget what it was, four consecutive, the four consecutive three-point games, I'm pretty sure. Just insane what they're doing right now. It's, they are on world beater status, and it is just something you have to just sit back and watch and just yeah, be so, grateful for. <laughs> sorry, so Drysaddle is the first player in, in Stanley Cup playoff history of four consecutive three-point games. Yeah, that's amazing. That's just insanely good. And like we talked, or like I think you talked about Pierce, Mike Smith's got like a 940 this series or something. Like, uh, like over the playoffs, he has like a 930, I think. That's Which not, is, not bad. <laughs> no, like that's you 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 live by you live with Mike Smith, you die by Mike Smith, and for the most part, he has been good. But Oilers fans are getting the Mike Smith experience. He makes incredible saves, and then he lets that go in. But hey, like it's it's working for them. So I feel like he was so solid all night, and then that happened. And it's like, what do you even say? Like, you know it's bad when the camera doesn't even have an angle of how it happens. So yeah. You know, the end camera, like the end goal camera to see how it went in. Listen, like, I always said if I ever played hockey, I would be the worst goalie. But <laughs> I mean, even I probably could have saved that. He probably could have at least seen it coming. He did not. And he was, it. like, so deep in his crease. It was just like, oh, my God, if they lose this game, that series yeah. gets changed. But oh, he just- needs to – Buy Nuge just all the steak dinners for the rest of the Seriously, game. no, Nuge made his name known in this playoff run. And we yeah. talked about it. Like, he's been kind of quiet up until last game, and he got two goals. Because Jake – first of all, we need to talk about this. What the hell is going on with Jake? Yeah, Nuge? that's the biggest thing to me in this like, season. Like, what the hell is going on? This dude Morris is a Vesna finalist, and he's playing like freaking Colin Dealey out there. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Oh, it's that just, first goal he let up last night? What was he doing? Just to give me. Like, what's, I love how both the, the goalies were just like, we're going to give goals to get the over. Like, <laughs> What's just, the thing Steve Dangle said? If you're a goaltender, tend the goal. Tend. Beat me to it. I was literally just about to say that. It's so true, though. Like, I. And then there's moments where, like, and it's not just Markstrom. Like, the, the Calgary defense oh, has some mind numbing defensive breakdowns. Yeah. But, like, Man, they need a save sometimes. They really do. Yeah. The perfect example was that of Vander Kangle. Like, a horrible defensive breakdown, but like Markstrom could have. Gotta make a save. Like, no, no, like, just, just, you're getting nothing from the back end. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough because I don't even think the offense is performing that bad right now. It's literally just Markstrom. The thing is, like, that top line is just like completely overshadowed by <laughs> David and Dreisaitl, and they're getting blown out of the water. And then you get, and then you start getting goals from like guys like the new Zach Hyman, who's having a great playoffs. I like, guess much again, Vander Kane. Like, I, I, I hate that he's like it, this is like a redemption story, kind of like how Jordan Bington, even though they're like they're both pieces of shit, but like twelve goals in eleven games, like got man. a hat trick in game three, natural hat trick in six minutes. Like that's all tappins, by the way. Tappins, tappins, freaking merchant. But that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> I, oh god, it, Edmonton. They could really make this one of the most intriguing Western Conference Finals we've had in years if we can get Colorado Edmonton. But this could also set up for one of the most colossal chokings I've ever seen in the Western Conference Finals. I, this, these are two teams I do not trust with the three-one series lead. I don't trust Edmonton. I don't trust Colorado. Which oh, one a bit more Edmonton? They got. I don't trust Edmonton one fucking yeah. bit. I could so see. Him, I could see him blowing this three-one lead as much as I could see him winning five nothing in game five and winning. Like it's that. It's like that with that team. It, it's, it changes by the night. Like I don't know what team you're gonna get. So you really, just need to take the momentum from the last couple of games and just take it into game five and just end it. Seriously, just squash them. Like it just end it. Squash don't give them. them Seriously, like, don't give them life. Don't give them that chance. Don't let them hang around every single game. Like, you can't have another game four. Just step on the gas and make it four nothing. That's all you had to do in that game. Like, and like, oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. What were you saying? No. Interrupts again. (laughs) Don't overthink it, but don't go into it like overconfident or anything. Just play the game. 
take the momentum and just play the game. You play the win. The, you play to win the game. Exactly. And like if McDavid plays the way he has the last four games, they they're gonna play off. They're gonna play off their captain. And yeah, he's being super McDavid. Like I think Pierce, Pierce, you and I mentioned it like at least three times on the stream last night. Just yeah, McDavid just laughed the whole team like three times before. Seven. Like not like he did like three loops around the the offensive zone like nothing. Oh my gosh, he just you can't touch him with the puck and like it. I just don't – I don't see how Calgary can win three games in a row. Like, obviously I can because Mike Smith. But, like, <laughs> I, I mean, it would have to take McDavid slowing down entirely, honestly. Yeah. Like, I – or literally everyone else on the team just goes, like, 2020 Blackhawks cold. Like, there's – I don't know. But those, this team does have those demons. Like, they, they blew the 3 nothing lead this year. They blew it against Winnipeg the year before. Like, they – They've blown leads against Anaheim, I believe, like in 2017. Like they yeah, still Denver have a lot of that. Five, four three nothing with three minutes left. And... Oh my god, I forgot about that game. Holy smokes! Yeah, they People have ahead. demons. They have demons. They had a two nothing lead in that series. People forget that they were up one nothing in Game Seven. They lost that. Dude, like you, it's it's you got to step on the gas. Like like Reagan said, you got to take that momentum and just finish the series. You can't let them hang around. You can't let them think they have a chance going into Game Five. But you can't be too cocky about it either, because then you're just gonna shoot yourself in the foot and fuck things up. Even keel. Exactly. And you gotta have like I, one thing that's been noticeable is that uh, even when Calgary gets their zone possession, they're not getting those high danger chances. Edmonton's getting those high danger chances. If you stay getting those chances every single game, you're going to score at the same rate you've been scoring every game because they are getting top quality chances in the offensive. I don't know if that's because of their cycle. I don't know if that's because Calgary just can't keep up with them on the cycle. Both, probably. <laughs> probably. But um, those high danger chances, if they start disappearing next game, that's going to be a problem because this team doesn't get shots on net like Calgary does. They don't get those garbage chances like Calgary does at least. Like, granted, the fourth goal kind of was a garbage chance, which is – Oh, that was a, a greasy garbage goal. But you don't see that from Edmonton a lot. You know what I mean? It's usually a lot of precise passing, and you're going to need a lot of that coming up. So I, I hope they don't try to oversimplify the game or try to get too cute and not take the shots when they need to. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like Toronto did that in Game Six and Seven, and that's a team that likes their demons. Like Boston did it a little bit in Game Seven against Carolina; they got pushed to the outside. Carolina's been doing it against New York, and we'll get into that. Like the yeah. last two games, when you play that play style and you get pushed to the outside, it just changes the way the games play. Like if you make Markstrom's job easy, that's going to be a different series. But as of right now, Markstrom's job has been a living hell. So just keep it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of want to touch up on Ryan Nugent Hopkins a bit because this guy got drafted in Edmonton in 2011. I think I saw that he's gone through like five different GMs, eight different head coaches, seven seasons without like any playoffs, playoff failures. Like they've only won – well, before this year, they only won one playoff series. And like this guy – like there's been so many players traded, like Taylor Hall has been gone, like Jordan Everly. Like a lot of these Oilers that were drafted high have – been traded they've gone elsewhere and Ryan Nugent Hopkins he stayed there and hasn't really like Schmini brought up like doesn't really mean a name for himself in the playoffs but like that's a game that you make a name for yourself like you got the first goal you got the got things rolling and when you think though I really thought after the the Oilers let that goal in I thought it was going to go to overtime and I thought the Flames were going to win it because one because I had to work early so it's like haha go to overtime (laughs) make them stay up late and then watch Calgary beat them but Ryan Nugent Hopkins got that huge goal. Like the Oilers com- could have completely collapsed right there, but they went back to work and Nugent got that goal. So I'm good for Nugent. Kind of brought this up last time too. Like Edmonton, this team, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs back in January. I remember Julian McKenzie came on our podcast and said, I don't think the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. And I think we all agreed and everything suggested that they win. But then they fired, fired Dave, Dave Tippett. Jay Woodcroft came in. They had a great second half. They made the first – or they made the playoffs. They were down 3-2 to L.A. They win back-to-back games, game six, game seven, only letting two goals a game – a 2 nothing game shutout in game seven. And then here we are, round two, Battle of Alberta. You, lo- you let in nine goals, and you lose the first game. You're trailing, I think, 2 nothing early on in a game two. Like, they could have just collapsed right there, but they came back one. They won game three. They won game four as well, like – 
again, the game five is going to be huge. Can they really step on the pedal, step on the gas pedal against a great team like Calgary and finish it off? We'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have complete faith in them, but I also don't. It just it's so hard to see them getting rid of this or like blowing this. So, but playoff hockey. That's yeah, said the same thing about Pittsburgh, man. You never know what happens. Like, all it takes is one injury, too. I'm not even trying to say that. But, like, yeah, knock on wood. But, like, dude, it, that's the thing with the playoffs. All it takes is one little bump, one bounce, and the whole series changes. That's why That's why I can't stress enough how important it is that they won game four. Because they, if they, like you said, Pierce. Oh, if it's true, true, going back into Calgary, that's a completely. They have no momentum either. They just yeah. blew a three nothing lead. Like, Man, that's – they're in a good spot, but like Reagan, like you said, Reagan, don't get fat and happy. Don't sit there and get comfy. Fat. Yeah. I think that's the name for the podcast. <laughs> fat and happy. Okay. The last series, the only series that's like close. Really, really close. Yeah. yeah. That's a defensive stalwart battle. Like, first of all, Igor Shosurkin's back, first of all. Like, oh, yeah. The Vezina's Shosurkin's back. Shit. Like, yeah. back on his bullshit. Oh, my God. And, like, it's crazy to think because New York was really, like, almost away from being up 3-1 in this series because they probably should have won game one. Carolina tied that thing up really They definitely could have won one of those games, yeah. Yeah, and then they lost, what, 2 nothing in game two? So, yeah. this has been – Ian Cole got the, the overtime game winner in game one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And what? They were up one nothing until, like, the last minute. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they, they could easily be up 3-1 in this series. And yeah. it's – it's a sign to how well Gerard Gallant's coaching this team because they responded so well in games three and four. But also, you've talked about this, Pierce. Carolina's the team that doesn't perform well on the road. So it's – I literally saw a thing, like, probably, like, 20 minutes before we started this about Antti Ranta and how on home ice, he's, like, 6-0 in the playoffs but on for the Hurricanes. But on the road, he's, like, 0-5. Yeah, that's not – you can't win that way, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously they have home ice, so it'll be fine right now. But like, yeah, go on. It, that's like that's two series in a row. You're up two nothing going on the road where you can take a stranglehold and you let it get out of hand. And it's not Ronta's fault, man. It's not no. Ronta's fault. Neither, where is though. the offense? Like Carolina, they're starting to come one of those teams. It's like okay, you got these good regular season, but these guys aren't showing up. Andre Sveshnikov should be a playoff performer, and he's not, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Aho is. Aho steps up to the plate. He's the only guy who has though. And that's the problem. Like, you have all, like you said, Pierce, you have all the steps scoring. Like, I don't think I've heard Marty Nature's name once in the He hasn't scored a goal. Like, he's kind of snake yeah. bin, but like, also, man, like, you got all the skill. Get one goal at least. Yeah. Like, Tara Vinan's been hit or miss. Like, their defense, yeah, their defense isn't activating the same way they used to. Like, one thing with Carolina is, yeah, they love to throw shots on that, but they are all on the perimeter. They do not get second chances the way normal. Yeah, and when you take low danger shots, it's probably a goalie Lister can probably going to stop. Yeah, and you're just building his confidence too. Of a hundred of them. <clears throat> yeah, and again, like none of the, none of this is Ranta's fault. Like, he's been playing great. I think it's I think Antti Ranta's been a great story, but. Just He's been their best player in the series by far. Like, you could argue the f- playoffs. The fact that the, the highest game he's let up in goals is four, I think, this postseason. And it was this game in game four against Boston. So, like, this dude has not been the problem. Obviously, Carolina's defensive system hasn't really been the problem. But, like, I think we talked about this, Pearson, the Pittsburgh series. Like, New York stars are finally starting to step up. Like, Savannah Jazz really starting to get involved. Kreider. Kreider's been amazing. The depth scoring starting to show up now. Like, what a goal by Frank Vetrano last game to get going. Andrew Kopp has been – like, they're just getting contributions yeah. from everywhere. Like, they're finally getting depth goal scoring. Yeah. Tyler Mott's back. He's been a big addition to that fourth line because they're bottom six. Like, they're missing – like, as dumb as it sounds, they're missing guys like Barkley Goodrow right now. Like, they are they are missing players. <laughs> I mean, we laugh at that, but it's also better than them playing, like, Dryden Hunter or whatever. Kevin, Kevin Rooney. Like, okay. Craig McKegg. Also, like Adam Fox, still just amazing. People that don't think he's elite just make me laugh because it, he proves it every night how good he is. Keandre Miller, I think, has been especially good this series. Like in terms of young defensemen who have really stepped up, there's been three that come to mind. It's Miller, it's Bouchard, and it's um. Oh my gosh, I j- it just slipped my mind. Oh, Braden Schneider. Braden Schneider's also been extremely good for a 19 year old. Like it's 
I think there was one shift for Keon. I think Pierce, we were watching the game. Keandre Miller literally just lit up a guy. I think he lit up um, some guy in the Rangers or on the. I think he lit up D'Angelo like twice in one shift, <laughs> like on well, both well. sides of the ice. Like, dude is just a tank out there. And for a player like a defenseman with that kind of build, this is the time he's going to thrive best. And that left side is looking really nice compared, like, because the New York right side set obviously they got Fox and shithead Truba, but like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got, yeah, and then they got Schneider on the right side too. But then you got Miller, you got Lindgren. Like, um, you could throw in Justin Braun and move some guy to the left side if you want. Like, they got options on their back end, and it helps so much when Igor's playing like Igor because he is he's locked in right now. And I think we've touched on it a couple times. Like, if we get Igor versus Vassy in the conference final, Ooh. that's gonna be like. Fans aren't going to like that series, but I feel like if you love goaltending, that's going to be the series for you because holy smokes. I don't know who has the upper hand in that for goaltending. Probably Vassy just because of experience, but yeah. Like, not underestimate Shusterkin because I did that. And exactly. Because I, I, think- I thought he was toast in that Pittsburgh series. I thought the whole Rangers team was toast, to be honest, but they came back and like kind of back to Renty Renty. He has a 931 save percentage. It's not his fault. It's no. not his fault. It is the offense. Like, score goals. Yeah. Like, it, and, and it comes down to their offensive scheme. I, I keep repeating it, but it's just you can't keep thinking you're just going to get these shots from the point and you're going to get a second rebound. Like, if the goalie has good rebound control, you're not getting that puck. Simple as that. You're not you're playing gonna... Jeremy Swayman. I'm sorry. As much as I like Jeremy Swayman and our, our uh, Lena Solmark, you're not playing that this round. You're yeah, playing the Vesna winner. On another level. I don't know. Something's got to change in Carolina or they're going to find their way out of the second round real quick. Again. Yep. Um, on the side of Rock, though, I just want to say, I feel like that guy's always gotten way more shit than he deserves. Yeah. I feel like it's because he never stays healthy, though. Because it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, if he's so good, then why doesn't he play the whole season? It's like, because he's probably he's got one of the all the time. He's got one yeah. of the weirdest injury histories I've ever seen for him. Yeah. Like, guy, I don't think so like, he was still in Chicago. Like, my family, like, I was kind of sad when he got traded. Like, I mean, we have Crawford and Darling, so, like, we don't really need him. But, like, I thought he was a good goalie. My family kept telling me how much he sucked. And then he, I don't remember where he went. Was it Arizona? Arizona. Oh, no, he, he went to New York and then Arizona. Then Arizona, yeah. Yeah, and, like, in Arizona, you can't really, like, see anything because, like, they're, they're just never great. But, like, <laughs> everywhere else, I feel like he performs. He just can't stay healthy. And, like, he does really well. And it's just. I don't know. It's a weird thing. And that was the story with Carolina this year too. Like we love the goalie acquisitions they got with him and Anderson, but yeah. it was just how long are they going to stay healthy? Stay healthy. Yeah. Like, and they yeah. At one point going into the first round, they thought they were going to have to start their third stringer because yeah, Ronta wasn't hundred yeah. percent. Like that's the problem. That's, they that, did. I, I feel like that's where people sour on Ronta is just because like you want to put your faith in him, but then he gets it tweaked up every now and then. And then yeah. you gotta you gotta have a backup option for Ronta. He's not a guy who's gonna start 50 games a season, which I don't think any goalie really should anymore. No, unless you're like a Connor Hellebuck, Andre Vasilevsky type thing. Yeah. But like look at what it did to Price. Like look at the toll it's done on these goalies. Like it's a miracle what Flurry's done. Like it probably helped him that Matt Murray was coming on later in his career to where he didn't have to play as many games. And then Vegas said, fuck you, you're going to play 70 for us. So, And then we're going to trade you for nothing. And then we're going to trade you for Mikhail Hakkarainen. Indy Fuel legend. Yes, Indy Fuel legend. Mikhail Hakkarainen. How can we make this about the Indy Fuel legend? I saw that trade and I was like, hold on a minute. I swear to God, he was playing for the Fuel and then he just like, disappeared i didn't I know, know what happened to him and then he got fucking traded for he got caught flurry and i was like what is happening yeah that, i remember that day i think me and jimmy recorded a podcast and literally like with ian mendez and then literally right after like mark andre flurry trade then we recorded that a few hours nothing and then tyler johnson the tyler johnson trade i thought that it was, was, that was just a signing so i thought he was a free agent but i could be wrong no, the, the Tyler Johnson one was a trade because they, they traded Seabrook's contract in that. Oh. I know. <laughs> wow. I kind of forget about that. Yeah, lost in everything. Whoa. Um, I, I just remember like, what the flurry trade. I was working like Colts training camp that morning, but it was like before I had my car on campus and I was like in the Uber back and I was like scrolling on Twitter and I was like, why is all of this saying flurry's coming to Chicago? Like, why would that happen? And then I'm like sitting on the couch and I get home like, 
oh my god this is like actually happening and it still just like blows my mind that that was actually a thing for a little bit but you know we respected him on like vegas i'll say that yeah facts also, I want to go through Auntie Ron's save percentage each year. So first year, 897, 936, 919, 922, 930, 906, 921, 905, 912 this year. His career save percentage is 919. And like the thing is, injuries, the most games he's ever played in one season is 47, which isn't horrible, actually. But then you look at the games, 25, 14, 25, 30, 47, 12, 13, 12, 28. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. that. But that's where the problem is, Aranta. Like, he's a really, really, really good one B, probably the best one B in the league. But that's probably all he is. Designated one B, and not like a, a good goalie. That's a one B, like a exactly. designated one B. Like Chris Dreger's a one B, also. Like no one wants to admit it, but he's a really good one B. He's not a one A, and that's what he tried to be. It's not a one A. That's fine with Ronson. Like it, the fact that Ronson can hit his stride in the playoffs right now is probably perfect for Carolina because Anderson carried the load so much in the regular season that like it's his time now. It's his net, and there's like you said, Pierce. There's no reason for him to not be in the net because he's the only one doing anything for Carolina this series. Here's an interesting thing: the Carolina Hurricanes have three goalies that they could use. Anderson, Aranta, and Kochikov is coming up. What if the Blackhawks got on Tiranta? And again, like injuries, like he's not going to be a starting goalie, but just like, what if you get him as like a like a backup kind of guy, or like a, as a guy to like play like thirty games? Price is right. I'm always down for it. It just it, it really comes down to what Carolina season uh, coach. Or I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to butcher it. But Piotr Kochikov. Kochikov. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how high they are on Kochikov. If he could play next year in the league, I think he can't. Right. I think they're very high on him. He was like a second round pick. Well, they hadn't been high enough if they traded Ned. So, like, I mean, I don't know. But also, Ned's kind of civvy. But that's Detroit. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a double edged sword. But <laughs> um, I'm very excited to see what they do, and I would love to take on Tyrant off their hands if they were willing to do so because. For love of God, we don't have. It's only one year. At, one year at two million dollars only. Yeah, that's true. But that's the thing with those deals; those are really team friendly deals. So they might just stick Coach Koff in the minors. Like, that's true. I, I don't. I don't know. I love Ronta though. I agree with that. Like, if they run Ronta Lankin in next year, I'd be cool with that. I wouldn't like, be mad at that at all. Yeah, because the thing is, like, Nita Rogers UFA, Trocheck's a UFA, Domi's UFA. I don't think they resign them. Same with Step On, but the Nietzsche's is RFA. I don't think you've got much, but like they got to resign some guys. So I don't know. Yeah. Just something yep. to float out there because the Blackhawks need goaltending. Oh, but yeah. anyways, a- back onto the Rangers side of things. Shesterkin now is a 925 when he like had like a 900 save percentage. Take a look at the goals. I just had it pulled up and now I don't. <laughs> um, Chris Kreider has six, Zabanajet has five, Krop has five, Adam Fox has four, and that's just the ones I can see like across the whole NHL leaders. They got a bunch yeah. of guys that have like depth goals. And one thing we didn't bring up the kid line, like Lafreniere, Hito, and Kako, that was probably their best line in the series against Penguins, but now they're getting other players taking over. So, yeah. But they're stepping up when they need to, which is huge. And you're, mm-hmm. and out of all those players, Lafreniere in particular has really hit his stride in the playoffs. Like he's having his Kirby Doc playoff where it's like, oh, told this is why you were picked that high. You're playing like, and like he always had the build where he was going to play better in playoff hockey. He's a big kid. Like he, he goes to the right spots. He has a wicked shot. He has wicked vision. Like he, it always, made, like the tools were always there for Lafreniere. It's just so nice to see it finally come to fruition in terms of points and in terms of offensive production. And maybe they'll finally give him a look on the power play, even though there's hell bills on the left side. Oh, I said one, and she was like, meow. <laughs> <laughs> How nice of you to join us. Anyways, I, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Like, the last thing I just want to touch on is the, the head coaching vacancies. We're kind of talking about that. I think the teams that are really looking for a head coach right now is Philadelphia and Vegas. Like, that's that's the main team. Winnipeg is, too. Yeah, I want to pick two, but like the the big one, two big ones I've been seeing is Vegas and Philadelphia. Yeah, Did, I I'm kind of glad Kyle Davidson's taking the slow approach to this, not to make it about the Blackhawks, but like we got it. We have I don't think we brought him up yet, like except for like oh, I think I got to Chicago. Yeah, like I I just I really think 
Philly or Vegas is going to make a questionable decision at their head coaching position. Like you said before the show, Pierce, he's, I think you said John Tortorella interviewed Yeah, John Tortorella, there's like heavy connections there. Heavy uh, connections. Jesus, God, that is going to be so terrible. Um, and then if talking goes to Vegas, like the rumor is, and Maurice is interviewing in Vegas, it's like, why do we just keep going back to the well? I don't understand that. Um, Barry Trotz is getting his interviews, like, I think the Hawks interviewed him as well. Obviously, they would. Yeah, I don't like, think he'd want to be there. They should be doing their due diligence. I don't think the Blackhawks yeah. get Trotz, but at least, at the very least, they did their due diligence. Trotz in Winnipeg makes too much sense, man. Like yeah. it, it really it, and Vegas, honestly. If Trotz goes to Vegas, that's going to be a problem. And is there a team that just missing could use like a good head coach that could. Uh, Dallas is also looking for a coach. They yeah. could definitely. Eric Bonus is is gone. I think. I think he retired. Or, I've or heard. I've heard Dallas has been looking at Mark Savard as a head coach, which is actually pretty that interesting. Is interesting. That's a name I haven't been hearing in the coaching tree. I know he's been coaching in junior the last couple of years, so that I'm would be that would be a, that would be an out of pocket setting. And I've heard he's very good with the players. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he coached one of Dallas's draft picks, Wyatt Johnston. Because I'm oh yeah, 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 it's Wyatt Johnston. You're right. Um, but that would be a great pickup for them, I think. Uh, just at least to not go back to the same list of 35 guys. But um, the fact that you're going to get the hearing is just good players and nauseating. Yeah. Um, but the head coaching, like, there's always going to be a team that's going to go out of the hat or out of pocket and, like, pick a name that's not out of the bunch. Like, Arizona and, uh, I mean, and to an extent, the Islanders did by keeping Lambert as their um, – New head coach, but it's really going to be interesting to see where these teams go in terms of their head coach. Because, like, I know in terms of Vegas, they 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 axed their whole staff, so they're going to get a whole new look in how Vegas runs their systems from now on. Because I feel like when they hired DeBoer, they went into they probably went the safest route after firing Gallant, which first of all made no sense to begin with. Yeah, with how good their underlying stats were, and they just couldn't put the puck in the net, and Flurry couldn't make a save. Like, I I don't know, man. This this coaching carousel has a. It really seems like someone's going to make a dumb move, and I think it it might not even be any of the teams we named. It might be the team that might have just extended their GM and said the coach is on the chopping block potentially down in uh, Massachusetts over there, because um. The fact that we spoke that into existence for like 15 months and that's actually a thing. Like, I'm telling you, Kyle Davis is like, yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait for Bruce Cassidy gets axed and then we'll take him. Like, do you guys think there's. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, So, do you think there's a chance someone brings in Carlton? I don't know why I just had that thought. But. Not as a head coach. You know what? I think Assistant I said this sure, when though. Carlton got fired. I think he could be a great AHL head coach to help bring young players along and kind of mold his game in the AHL. Like with the coaches we brought up, like that are we consistently think about the best coach, like Bruce Cassidy. He had to spend a few years in the AHL to really find out his game. Same with Mike Sullivan and Sheldon at the Pittsburgh. Yeah, like they. Either it's they take time in the juniors, like in the CHL or whatever, or in the AHL to really mold their game. And I think Carlton will definitely be a good coach in the future. And again, I don't want to come back to this point just for a long time. But that's what I was kind of thinking too. Then I was like, I mean, I guess it's possible. At least I think that's the best thing for him. Like he could get an assistant coach job, and I don't think he would be bad at it. But like I think the best thing for him is to be a head coach in the AHL. Yeah, I agree. Just got to make his system better, honestly. Yeah. He has to find a system that works for the players he has around him and not try to fit a square peg into a round hole, which is what he kept trying to do. Yeah. So if he can learn how to do that, he'll be fine. Um, at least in my opinion. I don't I am his system was just questionable at nice at the nicest way to put it. Yeah. Um I I do think in terms of the Blackhawks though, like they might look at Rick Bonus. I really think that might be a guy they look at because that's a guy who Really has not no problems off the ice. That's a guy who's going to be good on the you know good on the mic when he goes into interviews. He's not going to bring any bad light to the team. He's good with the players, from what I've heard. Like that might be a guy the Hawks look into now that he's been let go by the Stars. I know that might not be like the flashiest signing they could get as a head coach, but I think Rick Bonus definitely deserves a second chance somewhere, and I wouldn't mind the Blackhawks taking a swing at it. I got, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if like, I'm pretty sure he resigned from Dallas, but like, I don't know if it's because he's retiring or like, I, I don't know. Cause he is like in his, I think he's in his late 60s. So, 
I, I just know he and I, I've been hearing from my friends, like my Dallas friends, that like it's been like a power struggle thing. Like bonus and the front office aren't really on the same page. They haven't been since last year when they missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So Ottinger kind of saved their ass this year, but that can only go on for so long, which also he needs to get paid, which will be very interesting. So is Robertson. And- Have fun with that, Dallas. <laughs> Have fun paying Jamie Ben nine and a half mil still. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I the coaching like in like I think John Hines got extended, right? He got extended. A yeah, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. Like I, I'm just glad that the Blackhawks aren't going to be the first team to do something dumb in the coaching carousel. It's going to be Philly, like like you said with Tortorella, or it's going to be Vegas because they're going to get knee jerky like they always do because that management group is so knee jerky with every move they do. It's man, like ooh shiny toy. I love the playoffs, but man, the second the playoffs end, there's going to be a lot of interesting shit happening with this. Yeah, uh, yeah as soon as the playoffs end, rumors. Uh, it'll be the draft, which we're going to, by the way, and uh, free agency. Yeah, like we're yeah, already we're... getting some because of like GM's closing interviews and stuff. Like they're already talking, like, yeah, we're gonna, we're willing to move these guys, we're willing to move these picks. Like we're already starting to get little bits, little bits and crumbs, but it's coming. Yeah, we've we've seen like Ottawa, like oh, we're gonna move, we're op- open and moving the central world pick or whatever, and then like New Jersey, they might even be interested. in Moving the second overall pick, so like we haven't heard much about the Blackhawks, nor do we really ever hear about them, even with the new management. But we're gonna, we're again, we're gonna, we're gonna find out what Kyle Davidson's gonna do this offseason, and what kind of players he wants to draft, what kind of players they want to trade and sign, trade for and sign. All that we're gonna find out like less than a month and a half now, because we're almost in June, and then 100%. all this stuff is like in early July. Like you said, though, I feel like the number one, and I, I think you and I touched on this a little bit in the stream last night. Like, I, I, I'm really excited to see how he drafts, but also I can't really judge the way he drafts for at least three years. Yeah. Because yeah. all the picks we have are not going to be guys that are, Yeah, exactly. Unless you know you get the number seven overall pick for Alex to break it, like Sense fans think. Hey, hey, and we'll get Ridley Gregg back. <laughs> if I have to see one more dumb Senators mock trade again, I'm literally going to delete the app. I can't do it. Anymore. What's the one really gay Greg Connor Brown in a second that might be enough for the breakout? No. Oh, oh my God. What was the one today? Someone was talking about like it was a trade for Chikrin, but it had Shane Pinto, and he's like, can't do it. Pinto's untouchable. <laughs> I will not trade likes, Shane Pinto for the Jack likes Pinto. were like 1 to 16, and the 16 were for Pinto. I'm like, sense fans. Guys, they're not that good. Oh <laughs> then, my god! Someone was like, someone was like, oh yeah, but what if they have a top four of like Shabbat? Front? Like it was all their young kids. They basically had like Thompson and um uh, Sanderson on on the second pairing. And someone was like, I think that'd be a good D pair. And someone just under it goes, that's a bottom five D pair in the NHL. <laughs> and everyone just likes it. It's like you're putting way too much. This isn't NHL 22. Like 21-year-olds aren't going to just step in the league and be Kale McCarr every time. It's not how that works. And they're putting a lot of pressure on guys. And as we can see from the head coach in Ottawa, he picks and chooses who he likes. So you better fit into that fucking round hole because if you're a square peg like yeah, Eric Rich, you're Chicago win, exactly. <laughs> When's that going to happen? Uh, when they trade for Alex DeBrinke, clearly. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> So yeah, like the high, I think the highest pick the Blackhawks have is number thirty-eight, and if the, I'll know the Blackhawks have a good draft if they pick players off my board that are high on my board that I Speaking like. Speaking of players that Pierce liked, Logan Stankovic got his third hat trick at the fucking WHL playoffs. <laughs> Dallas prospect, by the way, gotta love it. Yeah, in our division, love it. Gotta love how everyone in the Central literally picked a stud that year, except for us. Like, like Larue, Bullduke. Like Chaz Lucius, Jesper Wallstedt, who else we got? Yeah, especially the goalies. Like the goalies in the central, we got to deal with it. We have nothing coming up. I'm... Brutal, man. Uh, brutal. God bless Solano, and I really hope he turns into something. But <laughs> so hard. It's a tall ask. Yeah. Anyways, um, I think that's a good thing. Good place to end things off. Like it's. I think the game is going to start any minute now, so <laughs> I should probably. Probably Let's go! 
get it out and who knows by the time you're listening to this we will have we could already have a certain team in the conference final or the western conference final at least we already got Tampa in the east so Colorado could be in the conference final for the first time since 2001 I was seeing I was like a little a little baby when the last time they did made the conference final Mm -hmm. anyways thank you for tuning in it was great doing a podcast with you guys hopefully we can do more also been having fun doing the live streams if you listen to this and like i i tune in tune into the live streams because they're they're so much fun to do and uh yeah peace out y'all